Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Welcome back to week two of Unshakable. And if this is your first week, you're actually here at the perfect time because weeks one and two of this series are really just kind of setting the stage, laying the foundation for what the kingdom of God is so that the next eight weeks we can really dive into like uh, more specifics of that. So you have not missed anything and it's available online. If you missed it last week, you can go listen to it, which I do encourage you to do because it kind of builds on itself. So if you didn't get to be here last week, you can go to the app. You can go to YouTube, Facebook, wherever you get your podcast. There are plenty of places to listen to it. And you should definitely, definitely go do that. So we're going to keep laying the foundation this week. So the series is called Unshakable. And it's called Unshakable because we want you to know that when your life is shaking, not if your life shakes, not like, well, well, maybe your life is going to shake. Things are going to happen that you don't understand. Things are going to happen that make you feel like the world is falling down around you. You're going to not understand what's going on, but we want you to know that when your life shakes, you don't have to try to be the king of your own kingdom. You don't have to look at the things of the world to fix what's going on in your life. Because when you are in Christ, you are in a kingdom that is unshakable with a God of the king who is still on the throne, who is not surprised by anything going on in your life. And we are so passionate about this because this is the, this is really the theme of the new Testament, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Like that's what Jesus talked about more than anything else. But if you were to ask the average person, like what does the kingdom of God have to do with your life? Why is it important? Why does it matter? Most people probably wouldn't know. Most people would go, I don't know, or they would make up an answer because like as a society, we don't like to be wrong. You know, like you don't like to know, you don't like other people to know when you don't know something. You know what I'm saying? Um, But it's important because the kingdom of God is here. It came with Jesus. It's here. And we're passionate about you understanding this because I really believe that when you understand what the kingdom of God is, it's going to change how you pray. It's going to change how you read your Bible. It's going to change how you build your family. It's going to change how you go to work. It's going to change how you have relationships in your life because it is a part of all of those things. But I've got one goal today. My only goal today is that you leave understanding that it's really easy to miss the kingdom of God. It's easy to miss. It's easy to miss a lot of things, right? Like I know, especially as a parent, I miss a lot of things. Sometimes my kids will get away with something and I'm like, how'd you do that? How'd you, I didn't even see that happen. But there was this one time we um, went to the zoo with some friends and Ruben was running down a hill. Um, Also, since I'm telling him a story, telling you a story about him, I owe him a Pokemon pack. That's my deal. If I tell him, because like he didn't ask to be a pastor's kid. So if I'm going to use him for a story, he gets rewarded for it. So he's going to get a Pokemon pack. He doesn't know that yet, but we'll go get it tomorrow. Um, 
So he was running down a hill and I was there with, with uh, the Taze and I looked at Sadie and I was like, man, I hate it when my kids run down hills because I'm just so sure that they're going to fall and they're going to get hurt. And she was like, oh, they're going to be fine. Wouldn't you know the very next second Reuben falls, <laughs> he falls running down a hill and I did not see him fall because he was kind of around a corner, but I did see his feet as they flew up over his head and the bushes and he did like a whole scorpion. So I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so he's screaming and he's crying and I'm going around the corner, literally praying, God, I can't see a bone. God, I can't see a bone. God, I can't see a bone. Cause that is like, a legitimate fear of mine is like ever since that guy was in a basketball game and he fell and he broke his ankle on TV ever since then, I'm like, oh, that'll kill me. If I see that in real life, I will just drop dead. I know it. And so, um, thankfully there were no bones po poking out. Everything looked fine. Um, but he was holding his wrist and he was saying how bad it hurt. And so we found an employee and sat, uh, sat down and somebody from their first aid, I don't know exactly who it was, but he came and he was like, you know, squeezing it and moving it. And Ruben was saying it hurt, but like the guy said, well, I mean, I don't feel anything broken. I think it's fine. Um, I think you'll be fine. And maybe he just sprained it. Just go home, put some ice on it. And I was like, deal professional opinion. Let's go. And so we're walking to the car and the whole way to the car, Ruben's like, Oh, I can't, I can't. And I was like, man, we just got to make it home. Like we just got to go home. That's it. I can't even get you any ice or ibuprofen until we just get home. Let's go. And so we finally make it home. He's saying that it's so, so, so I give him some ibuprofen, give him some ice. I send him downstairs to the basement to watch a movie so I can just like, decompress because that was like my worst fear coming true right and they are downstairs for you know an hour and a half well in that hour and a half gravity had set in so when Reuben came upstairs his arm was was bent right here and there was um it was not swelling it was just kind of crooked and I was like oh that's not supposed to look like that. That's not good. But I thought the guy said it's okay. So maybe it is just swelling. So like I, I took pictures and I looked at it and I was like trying to justify like, oh, he's fine. And then I was like, ah, I gotta go. So we took him to the, the doctor and the doctor was like, ah, yeah, you should get an x-ray. So we went and wouldn't you know it, he broke both of his bones in his arm uh, a couple inches up from his wrist. And so I missed it. I missed it. I had no idea that happened. And I was like, oh, you know, looking back, I'm like, I can kind of see it now, but I missed it in the moment. And there's so many times in your life, maybe your kid hasn't broken their arm in front of you, but you've missed things. Maybe something at work has happened and you're like, whoa, didn't see that coming. Or something happens in a relationship and you're like, I don't understand like what is going on. There's just things in your life that happened that you missed. You did not see them coming. This is going to be hard. I'm used to having an iPad. Give me a moment. I got, I got ahead of myself. Um, but I, I know that that happens. And if it happens with things like relationships and things that we all experience and we're all like good at, how much more does it happen to the kingdom of God and something that feels so outside of us and so different than what we typically do? But I want to encourage you with something. The kingdom of God is here. It is real. It's alive and it's moving and you can be a part of it even if you don't see it yet. But we live in a world where what we are fed is just fear and it's anxiety and it's worst case scenarios and it's all of these things that make it really easy to forget that God is still sitting on his throne of his kingdom. He has not stepped down. He is not surprised. He is not scared, but it's so easy for us to be distracted and it's going to happen even more coming up. Like, 
2024 is going to be an interesting year, you guys. It is. And we want this foundation to be set so that when it feels like the world is shaking and when we are only getting horrible news from the media, because if it bleeds, it leads. Like the, the fear and outrage are the easiest things to monetize. And people know that. So that's what you're going to be getting fed. And it's easy to get distracted and to forget that God is on his throne. It makes us lose sight of the fact that God is still moving. And I, I know that this kingdom is unshakable because the Bible says it. We say, we say in the kids ministry, like, this is in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, it's true. Like, and that's, it doesn't change as you get older. If it's in the Bible, it's true. So Hebrews 12, 28 is the theme verse of this series. And it's important to have just a little bit of context here. Um, the, Paul is writing to the Hebrew people and they are going through it. Like they are going through it. They're being imprisoned for their faith. They're being persecuted for their faith. There are these Judaizers who are getting their eyes off of the truth of the gospel and putting it on all of these things that don't matter, that are just religious extras. And it is hard. And so Paul is writing to them that are going through this prison, persecution, imprisonment, false teachings, all of these things. And he says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, when you're shaking, when the world around you is shaking, when the economy is shaking, we don't have to be afraid because we are a part of a different kingdom. We're a part of a different kingdom and it's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And he goes on to say, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And man, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this reminder that like my hope isn't in a candidate. My hope isn't in some economic situation. It's not in a bill that's being passed. It's not in the stock market doing something. It's not in a relationship. It's in none of those things. My hope is in this unshakable kingdom. And we want you guys to have that same hope and that same uh, thankfulness so that we can worship God acceptably with reverence and awe because it's amazing. It's amazing that we get to be a part of that. So remember that this is the last intro week. After this, the train's taken out of the station, okay? So we want you guys to go grab a guide. There are guides out there. They say unshakable. And like we said last week, they are free, but they are not cheap. They are excellent quality. The, the information that's in there is so good. And it's just going to allow you to dig deeper into what we're talking about. And then we've got groups that are be going through them. So we want you guys to get a guide, get a group, and commit to being here for the next eight weeks after this. Because I really, really, really believe that if you can sink your teeth into the kingdom of God, you're going to be changed because that's what God does, you know? So this week we're diving into Matthew 13. We're going to be looking at the words of Jesus because Jesus talked about the kingdom of God more than anything else. So in verse 31, he starts with, uh, he told them another parable another parable. And honestly, I relate to this so much as a mom just this morning. Hey guys, go brush your teeth. They disappear for a while and they come back and I'm like, oh, did you brush your teeth? Oh no, I forgot. And they go back and I'm like, okay, go brush your teeth. And they go away for a while and they come back. I'm like, okay, did you brush your teeth? Oh no, I forgot. I'm like, go brush your teeth. And you know, they go away and they come back and they're still like a nasty mouth. I was like, go brush your teeth. I'm like, okay, mom, geez, why are you yelling? I'm like, Okay, so like I get that. And this is essentially what Jesus is doing. He, he has told them 
seven other parables before this in this chapter about the kingdom of God, because he's like, the kingdom of God is important. 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 Like Jesus is essentially like shouting at them to make sure that they understand that the kingdom of God is important. And he's like, I'm going to tell you in so many different ways. One of these is going to sink in, you know, like one of these is going to make sense and it's going to help you go, oh, I got it. So he's doing it over and over and over again. So we're going to jump into all seven today. I'm just kidding. We're just going to look at two. We're going to look at two and then we're going to dive a little bit deeper into one. So verse 31, it says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So we did a whole series this time last year about seeds. And we talked about how seeds have everything in them to work like that they've got everything that they need to do what God has created them to do. Like, and it doesn't matter the size, they start small, but look at what this seed does. It says that this man took a mustard seed and he planted it in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch on its branches. And so we're going to come back a little bit to this verse, but then he goes on to another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like, and I'm sure that the people were like, okay, 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 like we get it. We understand what you're saying. But I want you guys to understand the magnitude of what Jesus said. Because I love in Mark, he just gets right to the point. He's like, hey, the kingdom of God is here. But I want you guys to understand what that meant to the people that he was talking to. So you see the bigness of that. So we're going to go back. We're going to go back to the very beginning. Did those slides get made, Jess? Is there like a... Like, a, yeah, okay, God's people searching for God's kingdom. I didn't make the slides, so I'm just like kind of flying by the seat of my pants with the slides. Thank you. We're going to go back to the beginning. We're going all the way back to Genesis. Genesis, God creates Adam and Eve. They are living their very best life. It's perfect. They're literally walking with God in the cool of the day. And there is this perfect kingdom that God has set up where he's the king, but he's given man stewardship over things. You know, go be, go take care of the animals. You're above the animals. Go be fruitful and multiply. Like it's a sweet life that they're living in this bountiful, beautiful, perfect, amazing kingdom with a perfect king. And then sin enters in and sin enters in and now there's strife and there's division and there's, there's brokenness and they're cast out of the garden of Eden and they don't have that perfect kingdom anymore. But that desire for the perfect kingdom is put inside of us as humans. God created that space to be inside of us where we want him. We want him to be our king, even if we don't even know it. And so man starts trying to figure it out how to do it on their own, because we're really good at that. If you don't know, people are really good at going, I'm going to figure it out. I got it. I don't need you, God. And so this is the days of Moses, of uh, not Moses, of Noah and of Jacob and Isaac and all of these like patriarchs of the faith. Um, they start trying to set up their own kingdoms and like families and tribes and all of this stuff. And I don't know if you guys have read the old Testament, but it does not go well. Like these guys trying to set up their own kingdoms are not great. Like the things that people do to the, each other. Like if you read through the old Testament, you're going to go, Oh, can they put that in the Bible? And they do. There's some awful things. It does not go well. And so then after that, they find themselves, they're a part of a kingdom for sure. You know, after Joseph, they're a part of a kingdom, but they are the slaves in the kingdom of Egypt. And so they've got Pharaoh over them. They're the slaves. And they're like, okay, God, we want your way. We, we are wrong. Please, please come help us. Please come help us. And so he sends them Moses and Moses takes them out. And they're like, this is it. We're going to, you know, we're going to find this kingdom again. But because they were stubborn, 
and selfish and disobedient, what should have taken them three days to get to this promised land took 40 years. And God told them, like, I'll be your king. You'll be my people. Like, this is going to be amazing. Let's get there. And then they were disobedient. And it took them 40 years to get there. And finally they get there and you think, oh, great. Like this, now God's going to set up his kingdom. No, because they start looking around and they're like, well, they have a king and they have a king and they have a king and they all look like they're doing pretty great. Like we want a king, God. Why don't we have a king? And God tells them, you don't have a king because I'm your king. Oh, earthly king is not going to be good for you. And they're like, nah, we're good. We still want a king. So he goes, okay. And you know, he, he honors what they want. He gives them a king. And after only three kings, you've got Saul, you've got David, you've got Solomon. This kingdom that they've set up for themselves falls apart and it's divided. You've got Israel and you've got Judah and a house divided can't stand. It can't, it, it can't work. And so then they get to be parts of other kingdoms, but these other kingdoms are lording over them and they are horrible, ungodly, not great kingdoms. They've got the Babylonians, you've got the Assyrians, you've got the Greeks, and finally where Jesus is coming in, they're under the rule of the Roman Empire. This kingdom that they have desired for thousands and thousands and thousands of years just isn't happening. And they've been promised that there's gonna be a Messiah that comes in, that brings this kingdom. And sorry, Siri is like, oh, what? Um, this kingdom, that there's going to be a Messiah that comes in and brings this kingdom. And they're like, ah, I don't see it. So when Jesus shows up and Jesus says, the kingdom of God is here, he's saying thousands and thousands of thousands of human history, years of human history is being brought to fruition right now. I've brought the kingdom. I'm here. Because like Pastor Clint said last week, the, the word kingdom that he used wasn't the same as like the Assyrian kingdom and the Babylonian kingdom. It was a bigger word that was saying, hey, this is way bigger than any kingdom you've ever seen. This kingdom's authority is above any other authority and it is here. So when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, that is what these Israelites are hearing and these Hebrew people are hearing. And that's what like, it's a massive deal. So I want you guys to understand what a big deal it is. That is the kingdom of God that he's talking about in Matthew 13. So he goes on and he tells them still another parable. I love that the Bible doesn't like back off on that. They're like, there's another one. There's still another one, still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Does anybody in here bake? Does anybody bake? Yeah, you got, you got some? Listen, if you've never had Sadie's back in kids today, but if you've never had some of Sadie's baked goods, you need some of Sadie's baked goods because she is like the queen baker. At Easter 2020, they invited, they invited like whoever wanted to come over to come over for Easter because we were meeting in the afternoons and there was this cake that was so great. And Clint asked like, what kind of cake is this? As in like, is it Duncan Hines or Betty Crocker or like Kroger brand, you know? And she was like, I don't make cake from boxes <laughs> and she doesn't and it shows it's so good. But if you don't bake, you might not really know much about yeast. So we're going to just real quick dip our toes into a little bit of science. Yeast is actually alive. It is a micro organism that whenever you put it into flour and you add a little bit of sugar, it starts eating the sugar and it honestly starts like 
burping and making gas and it like starts puffing everything up. Is there a gif? Did Clint told me that he had a gif. I don't know if he did. Um, and it makes a difference. It makes a difference in the flour. That's the difference between a cracker and a roll is some yeast. And so uh, maybe you're like, well, why are you? Also, if y'all haven't watched Alton Brown you, and you want to know more about yeast, go check out Alton Brown because he has these little like yeast sock puppets. And that's honestly where I get most of my science about yeast is from Alton Brown sock puppets. They're really, they're really fun. Um, that it's a, oh, I went too far. Look at that. There we go. Um, and you might be going like, well, why are you giving me a science lesson? Why do I need to know that? Because it's important that you understand what yeast is because it's how the kingdom of God is. And I want you to know the kingdom of God is important. Jesus told us seven parables. This is a way that he is telling us about the kingdom of God. And I don't want you to miss it because he knows that the kingdom of God does not work how we expect. And it is so easy for us to miss it. It is so easy for us to miss it. I told you my goal is that you leave knowing that it's easy. So I'm going to tell you three different ways that we miss the kingdom of God. So first we miss the kingdom of God because we think big, but God's kingdom starts really, really small. Like that first parable, it starts as the size of a mustard seed. It's the smallest seed that you could ever have at that point. It's a teeny, teeny, tiny seed, and it grows to be this massive tree. That is what the kingdom of God is. And little things matter in the kingdom of God. Like your words matter in the kingdom of God. Your attitude matters in the kingdom of God. Where your heart really is matters in the kingdom of God because God knows whether you are all in or maybe you're just dipping a toe in. Maybe you've got one foot in, one foot out. Maybe you're just trying to sprinkle a little bit of Jesus yeast onto things that you're doing on your own. Like God knows where your heart is. And when you decide to say, I'm all in, something as small as that can make a massive difference because you cannot underestimate the power of a fully submitted life. Well, Jesus started as a baby. He started small, right? And there's a lot of, uh, there, there are some like suddenlies in the Bible. There's some suddenlies in the kingdom of God, but so many times when the people who are seeing the kingdom of God moving around them are people who are just every day waking up and going, Okay, God, I'm going to seek your kingdom. I'm going to put your kingdom first day after day after day. It's just saying yes every single day. And something that small can make a massive difference in the kingdom of God. Because that's just, you're adding a little bit of yeast, but that yeast makes a huge difference. So that's number one. We miss it because we think big but God's kingdom starts so small and the small things that we do every day matter in the kingdom of God. Here's number two. I held up my one finger. I meant number two. Number two, we think that you have to see it. We are very visual people. We want to see things like, oh yeah, prove it like that kind of thing. But the kingdom of God is working even when you can't see it. Even when you can't see it, it's still moving and it's still active. When you add a little, little packet of yeast to 60 pounds of flour, that yeast kind of disappears. You can't see it anymore. You can't pick that yeast out and like go, oh, here's this granule of yeast. No, it just disappears into the flour. You can't see it anymore, but it's still working because when you come back an hour later, that flour is going to be massive and bubbly and smell so good. It's going to be different because it had yeast in it. 
So I want to encourage someone in here because maybe you've been praying for something for a long, long time and you're doing the right things. You're seeking God's kingdom. You're praying every day. You're in your word. You're in small groups. Like you are living a submitted life to the gospel, but you still aren't seeing what you've been praying for. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing what is good because you will produce a harvest if you don't give up at the right time. Please don't give up because this kingdom life is a faith life. You cannot separate them. There is no, there is no separation. It's a life that only works if you have the faith to believe that God is working even when you can't see it. And maybe you say, but Stephanie, God's not changing my mom's heart. God's not changing my boss at work. God's not changing the circumstance that I have prayed for. He's not changing the doctor's report. He's not changing whatever it is. And I might challenge you that maybe you're focusing too much on the end goal and the the specifics of this prayer. And maybe God is doing something else. I want to challenge you to be looking for other ways that God is at work. Maybe you're not seeing the end goal right now, but that doesn't mean that God is not working. We have to quit focusing on on the externals and what we can see. And we have to trust that God's kingdom is moving and working even when we can't see it. Man, in 2020, there was a song that spread white like wildfire. And I'm so grateful that we sang it. I didn't help set up the, the worship set today, but Waymaker, man. Do y'all remember when that came out in 2020? What a God appointed time for that song to be dropped into a Nigerian worship person's heart, like, and then come over with Leland, man. It is such a powerful, powerful song. And the timing was not a mistake. It wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't any of that because God knew that when our world was shaking like never before that we were gonna need the truth that was put into that song to hold onto. So, you know, we sung it, you heard it. I'm not gonna sing it because I am not Clint. (laughs) Like you don't need to hear me sing it. But that chorus is so good. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Those are so good. And I do, like, I want to remind you guys that he can't change. He is always those things. Those things will never change. And that, that chorus is really, really good. But I think what our souls really needed to be reminded of, and I know what I like clung onto like crazy, was the bridge of the song. That even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. That is what we needed. And I can't even tell you how many times I put that song on in 2020 and I sat there and just had to remind my soul of that truth because what I could see was chaos. What I could see was moving our family across the country to plant a church and then the world shutting down two weeks after we got here. Like what I could see was this dream that God had placed in our hearts that seemed to just be dying. Like I just saw wall after wall after wall and no, 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 no. And I was going, God, I don't understand, but I have to trust that you're working. And now look, like God was working then because the foundation that he was laying and the groundwork he was putting down, we wouldn't be here 
legit, like physically here in this room today without that season. God was laying a foundation. He was working behind the scenes. And I had to trust that even when I can't see anything that you're doing, I can't see any good in the world. I can't see any way out of the circumstances that I'm in. I had to trust that God was still at work. And the same is true for your life. Maybe you have a diagnosis that feels impossible to overcome, or maybe you have a relationship that is falling apart that you don't know what to do about. Maybe you've got kid pain, man, there is no kid. There's no pain like kid pain. Maybe you don't know what to do at work or you don't even have work. Then you're trying to find work. There's so many things that maybe you are facing what appears to be Mount Everest and you don't understand where you're supposed to go. God is still working. The kingdom of God is still here. The kingdom of God is active even when we can't see it. Maybe the reason that you can't see the kingdom of God working is because of this. So Paul is quoting Isaiah here in 1 Corinthians, and he says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind can conceive, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Maybe you can't even fathom what God has in store for you. So you can't see it because you've never, your eyes have never seen it before. You can't even imagine it. You cannot fathom what God has in store for the people who love him, who love his kingdom, who love his word, who are living fully submitted to the things of God. We have to trust that the kingdom of God is working even when we can't see it, but it's so easy for us to miss it. And the third reason we miss the kingdom of God is that we think of the kingdom of God as being one small little area. Like we think like a kingdom, you know, with walls and stuff. But the kingdom of God spreads everywhere. The kingdom of God spreads everywhere. There are no walls in the kingdom of God. Maybe you hear the kingdom of God and you think of church or you think of religion. And let me tell you, the devil loves it when we put religion onto church and Christianity because religion can be put in a box. This isn't about religion. Religion is just a list of yes or do's and don'ts and behavior modification. And religious is an outward expression of things, but that is not God. But Satan loves it when we try to put the kingdom of God into a box because then the people outside of the church can look at that and be like, you live exactly like I live, except on Sunday morning, you go listen to a motivational speaker. But then you have the nerve to come out and judge me for doing the exact same things that you do every other day of the week. The kingdom of God is not religion. You, can't, you can keep religion in a box. You can keep, you know, a Sunday morning in a box. But the kingdom of God goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. Whenever you put yeast into flour, you can't take the yeast back out. You can't go, oh, uh, never mind. I'm just going to put it in this little bit of flour. No, it goes everywhere. And when it goes everywhere, it starts bubbling and it starts foaming and it starts getting all these big bubbles and it gets that yeasty smell and it just keeps going and going and going. And listen, when you put some heat onto yeast, that's when it really gets going. I wasn't like totally sure that that was a thing. I, prove it to me, right? Like I got to see it to believe it. And so I made rolls a few weeks ago and I left a few out on the counter and I put the rest of them in my oven like that I had preheated or whatever. And at the end of an hour, the ones in my oven were legitimately like 
puffy like Texas Roadhouse rolls. The ones on my counter were hockey pucks. Like when you put heat onto yeast, it makes it bigger. It makes it spread faster. So when you put heat, like 14 days of prayer and fasting, the kingdom of God gets to start moving further and faster. When you put the heat of deciding, I'm gonna go to a group, I'm gonna be here every week, I'm gonna be all in, that you get a little heat. The kingdom of God gets to start spreading further and faster. And this, is, this matters, it's important because it's exciting that the kingdom of God is like yeast that spreads. That means it can touch anything in your life. It can touch any situation you're in, any place you find yourself, any hurt, any habit, any hangup, it can touch all of those things. And you go, does it, like maybe you're facing an addiction and you're like, I don't know how this is gonna break. The kingdom of God can touch that. Maybe you have a diagnosis that you don't understand how you're gonna make it through. The kingdom of God can touch that. You have a relationship that's broken that you desperately want to be together again. The kingdom of God can touch that. You were hurt, you were hurt bad and you didn't deserve it and you don't know how you're gonna heal from that. The kingdom of God can touch that. The fact that the kingdom of God is like yeast and flour, that it spreads, mean that there is nothing in your life that it cannot affect. There is nowhere in your life, there's nowhere you can find yourself that you cannot be touched by the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God cannot work. Take heart, don't give up, don't miss it. The kingdom of God starts small. It starts small and sometimes you can't see it but it is everywhere. Don't miss it. I want you guys to go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. And I wanna challenge you guys. Maybe you have been trying to be the king of your kingdom. Maybe you've been trying to handle all of, all of the stuff on your own. You felt the shaking. I talk about shaking and you go, oh, I've been there. I understand what you're saying, but you're looking to every other thing to fix it. Sure, you know Jesus. You've asked him into your heart. You, you do the things, but you haven't put the kingdom of God. You haven't put the, that yeast into your situation. I would challenge you, go all in. Commit the next eight weeks to this. Commit to finding a group. If there's a, not a group that works for you, talk to me. I'll, I'll meet you somewhere and we'll have a group. I don't care. I want you guys to commit and I want you to see the difference that the kingdom of God can make. Commit to being here every week to hear about this. Commit to going through the book, even if you can't find a group that works and nothing, nothing works with your schedule. Commit to going through the book by yourself. Just commit to that. And remind yourself that God, he is the king of a kingdom that is unshakable. Maybe you're in here and you've never seen the kingdom of God work because you don't even have a relationship with him. How could you have, how could you be a part of a kingdom if you don't even know the king? And that can change today. You can have a relationship with God today. And we get that through Jesus. Jesus was born as a baby. He lived a perfect sinless life and he sacrificed his life for us on the cross for our sins. So we are white as snow. Then he took it one step further and he rose from the dead three days later. So so that we can have everlasting life in heaven with him. He did it all. There is nothing that we have to do to accept that salvation, except give him our life and listen. He is a way better Lord of your life than you are. 
I promise you that. So if that's something that you've never done, if you've never started a relationship with Jesus, I would love for you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer is not magic. This prayer is not any like special words. It's just trying to help you communicate what's going on in your heart. You can pray, God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe that he rose from the dead. God, I accept your gift of salvation. Thank you for being the king of a kingdom that is unshakable. I might not know everything, but God, the best way I know how, I want to give you my life and I want to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.